What's up, everybody? This time we've got Melita on the show, and she's a total introvert that built an amazing network and has become known for that and is now inspiring other women entrepreneurs out there to find their voice, own their who they are, and really step up. It's been a fascinating conversation, and I can't wait for you to listen because I think you're going to pull away a, a lot of information. Whether you're a female entrepreneur or a male entrepreneur, there's, there's something in here for everybody. So let's see what she has to say. Welcome, everybody, to another great episode of the Guyao Now Show. I'm your host, Bob McIntosh, and today I have Melita with us, and um, I'm pretty excited. We were just having a, a brief conversation, and she shared a little bit about herself, and I'm not going to steal her thunder or her story because I want her to share it, uh, but I think this is going to be a great conversation, um, especially for uh, the female listeners. Um, it's she, she deals a lot with female empowerment and uh, women in business, but uh, this is not to say that, hey... For the guys, you shouldn't be listening to this episode. Um, actually, we're going to talk a little bit about is you know how female empowerment is happening and, and some other things like that. I'm excited for this. Again, um, I was referred uh, to Melita by another friend of mine. And the cool thing, as you know, if you've been listening to this show for a while, is I love having awesome conversations and in all kinds of different spaces. So you know, we've we've had people on from a very very wide range of spaces because at the end of the day, this show is about getting out of your own way. And to do that, we've got to have a, uh, a depth, if you will, of experiences to pull from, because not every single episode that you listen to is going to be 100% relevant to who you are, where you're at, or what you're doing. But I always go into every episode of, of a podcast I listen to with, can I take one thing away? And if I can take one thing away, then this has been a, a time well spent, and I'm excited to have this. So Melita, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I'm really excited. Perfect. Uh, so for everyone listening, tell us a little bit about who you are, some of your background, and, and we'll go from there. Gosh, I'll try and keep it short. Uh, so I'm <laughs> Lita. I'm based in uh, Switzerland, Europe right now. I'm originally from the UK. Uh, and I'm today I'm a business coach. I work predominantly with female entrepreneurs and consultants to really help them to communicate their value, market themselves with, with meaning and build a business that has an impact they're, they're proud of. And that's awesome. And I think that's something that um, a lot of people struggle with is communicating their, their value. And, uh, and, and, I, and I say a lot of people, I'm speaking for myself too. Like I know, especially when I got started, I was terrible at that. Like, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, like, you know it's, it's, it's wavering. So I think for a lot of us, we, we're out of our depth when we start our businesses. And so it, it, in my opinion, it leads to a, a lot of devaluation of what we have. Um, and sometimes it just takes a, a third party to come in and say, hey, no, you're, you're good. You got this. You can do it. Um, yeah. So it sounds like that's sort of what you do. Yeah, I see that a lot with my clients. And very often, I would say at least 50% of the time, what they, come, what they start with as seeing as their, their weakness or something that's completely irrelevant mm -hmm ends up being the one thing that's their, their, their big strength, the thing that <laughs> other people come to them for. And it's it's just amazing how many times that happens. Um, it happened just this week with a lady that, you know, she had this amazing back, creative background, uh, an area that she'd worked in for 15 years, but then she felt really embarrassed about that when she moved into corporate. So she, she never talked about it. And then she became mm. very corporate. And now she's an entrepreneur and she's having to, she's working in a creative field helping uh, startups um, and I was like well this creative background's incredible because that really adds a lot of value and credibility to what you're doing and she's like really 
you know, and suddenly when we started talking about it, she was a different person altogether. Um, and you know, it's it's we bury a lot of our value and we're blind to it very often. And and sometimes it's things that are just so easy and natural for us, we don't see them as being highly valuable to other people as well. So it's really good to always uh, get those external reflections, either from a coach or mentor, or just going to your network and asking them. So there's lots of different uh, sources we can tap into, but I think that external perspective is always so important. I couldn't agree more. One of the things my my business partner, Gigi, always talks about is she uh, she's like, Bob, you have so much knowledge about internet marketing and technology, um, but like you... So what you think is super basic for you and maybe not interesting to everybody else is like, whoa, wait a second. That's like, that's crazy to them. Right. And it, it took, like you said, that external perspective a lot of times of her like banging it into my head because I'm, I'm, I'm sometimes I'm a, a little stubborn. Don't listen. But, um, <laughs> you know, it took her banging it into my head for me to go, oh, OK, I'm start, starting to see that. So I, I think that's great. Um, so I want to talk about something that you mentioned um, before our interview started, which was, uh, and you, you briefly mentioned it here, which was moving from, you know, the UK, you said London, I believe, to Switzerland. Um, but specifically, there was two things in there that I, I want to I talk about, because I think these are going to be super relevant to the right people listening. Um, one is you had no network when you moved to Switzerland, so you didn't really know anybody there. And two is that you're very introverted. Um, yeah. And so I would love to know from you, how did that go? Like, and, and the reason that I ask this is I've been asked a number of times because I've I, like, I moved from I've moved now to, uh, three times to cities where I've known absolutely nobody at all. And I have a lot of people ask me, like, that's crazy. How would you do that? Um, and I have my answer. But I'd love to know for you, like as an introverted person moving to a place where, you know, you don't know anybody. How did that go? Like, what, what was the process? Would it like was it scary for you? Like, I have so many more questions, but let's start there. <laughs> <laughs> uh I think it wasn't necessarily scary at first because I hadn't really thought through the practicalities of moving to another country where the culture is very different. You don't know anyone um, and, and the, the language is different. And, you know, it was only when I got here and suddenly I spent the first three months pretty much on my own. My husband had his job. I did have a job to go to, but I had to figure out my work permits in between. So I was on my own and I was like, and this was before, we had Wi-Fi and things, so I didn't have internet. I didn't have I didn't have oh, WhatsApp. Um, so I was playing what was it? Squares on my computer. That was <laughs> the, mm -hmm. the computer TV. We didn't have Netflix, so the TV was only in French, and I didn't speak French at that point. So I, I really needed to get out and make friends, and it was hard because like, where do you start when you don't know anything? And exactly. I, I I had one lucky coincidence that there was a lady in the block of flats where I moved to who noticed that there's an English sounding name uh, appeared on one of the mailboxes and she was American and she mm. plucked up the courage to kind of knock on my door and say, hello. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> she had recently moved herself and was feeling in a lot of the same ways and she was very shy. So it took her two weeks to pluck up the courage to knock on the door. Um, and then we, and that was it. We ended up hanging out and, Together we had, uh, it made us more courageous and there were a few networks she'd heard of that we could perhaps go and try it together because she was too scared to go on her own. So so that worked out perfectly. So part of it was a happy coincidence. Uh, but when I started working professionally, I, I realized very quickly that everything in Switzerland is done through networking. Uh, it's 
all the jobs go through your professional network opportunities everything so mm. i had to start networking and it was something that i've always successfully avoided before i, <laughs> I, grew I think up a lot of, i think a lot of people are like that they're like networking and they get like they they make it like this bigger picture of terrifying things like it's like a horror movie coming out, out, out yeah out exactly and i'd totally done that and so i really pushed myself to go out and start going to some networks i asked some of my colleagues well, where do you go to meet people and and stumbled on a couple of english-speaking ones which was great to start with um I was working in Geneva at the time and you've got the whole UN quarter there. So there's a big English speaking community, which was great. So I was able to tap into that. So that was at least one thing that was a bit easier. But I was going to these networking events and on the way I was thinking, oh my gosh, is, I'm going to be terrible. I'm going to spill my drink over someone. I'm going to stumble <laughs> on my words. You know, the worst mindset you could possibly have. And then of right. course, because I was going into it feeling that way, then that was my reality, right? So I had this awful time and then I got the train home telling myself, you were so stupid. You said that you should have said this. And, you know, no, you're terrible. And then I decided it, it wasn't working. It was miserable, but I had to figure it out. So I started to, there was a lady at work who was, um, she loved networking. She went networking before work, lunchtime, after work, in the evenings, at the weekends, like, great. Can I shadow you? Can I come with you to some events and see how she does it? So I did that for a while and it was quite nice because I didn't have to introduce myself because she did it for me. So that part was easy. But after going to a few events, I realized, you know, I was never going to be her. I could never network the way she did because she was right. very extroverted, a very different character. Um, and none of what she did felt good to me. You know, I was I would have to become someone else to to network her way. And I was like, that's not going to work for me. So. I went back very to very inauthentic. Into. Yeah, exactly. And I think if you're not showing up as your true self, you're not going to make the right connections. You're not going to feel confident and you're always going to feel have that kind of imposter syndrome. Someone's going to find me out anytime because you know, you you're not being yourself. And right. um, so it's it's really it's not a good position to go go into any situation with. So I started think again and then I got invited to a leadership um a training event and a part of that we had to do the self-coaching and just pick a problem and then figure out what would you do to overcome this so I thought right great I'm going to pick networking um and when I started to take a different view of that I started to think well what would make me feel comfortable and I started to create my own rules so if I only went to a networking event for 10 minutes and just smiled had one conversation with someone um, and if, if that was enough, if I had no more energy left to go, give or I just was feeling awkward, I could leave, you know, to always leave on a high, never let myself like step over that. Because with, with introverts, it's anything novel or new depletes our energy quite quickly. So being mm -hmm. in a situation like uh, networking where you're having all these conversations with people that are new, you, you can become very, very exhausted very quickly. So the more you do it, the more you build up your energy reserves because it isn't so novel uh, over time you do start to to find like tolerance <laughs> yeah and you build your confidence and, and everything along the way as well so so that was my rule it was okay if I um if I if I just stayed for a little while and I, I had a few other rules as well and then I also looked at well what were my obstacles and so what were the things that were going to make me feel 
shy or awkward or like I want to run away and how right. can I in advance I knew what was going to come up typically like just walking in the door up to the the reception desk that was always the part that was really nerve-wracking so what could I do already to plan ahead to make sure that that didn't feel so bad so I was like okay well I could have uh, a real rocking uh, playlist that I listen to on the way so I feel a bit more mm. courageous or I could go with a friend <laughs> or I could go to the bathroom first and and do some power poses you know um the little things that I could do and the funny thing was that when I had these plans so if this happens I'll do that you know that thing never happened in the first place I never really had to use any of these contingency plans because I kind of already knew it was okay I can cope with things and I discovered that you know, confidence doesn't come from knowing you can do something. It, it comes from knowing you can figure it out, that whatever happens, you'll survive. You've got the tools and resources um, available. And so I think that advanced planning built, built that, that kind of belief in myself as well, that it was all going to be OK. Um, so all of these little things I put together, um, I've called it my victory formula. So it's it's the first half. <laughs> I like that. Because um, it starts with like your vision, intention, courage and being yourself and having those obstacles, creating your own rules, and then reminding yourself that, yeah, you can do this. So it's it goes into a lot more depth in the book, of course, but it, it was really my little plan. And suddenly I started to really relax and start enjoying networking. And I started to meet some really nice people. And I realized that it really isn't that scary after all. And it was that it suddenly changed me completely. And then I got known from my network and we're starting to be invited to places to talk about how I built a network <laughs> and I was like really, really? <laughs> so it's like, um, a, it's like full, full circle from nothing to everything and then being yeah. asked how to do that and yeah. I, but that's that's super powerful I think I think people under uh undervalue building a great network and, and working on that and especially for introverted people it's it, it, like it seems monumental it's like trying to scale Everest uh and for most of them yeah, but what I think I've learned from my experience, and actually I've met a lot of other introverts who are amazing networkers, and I think we actually have a lot of skills that we, well, like we said at the beginning, a lot of our our strengths we don't recognize. And as introverts, we may feel initially that networking is really scary for us, but actually we have so much to, va to offer because we tend to listen more. And, and mm. most of the introverts I've met uh, and myself, you know, we're, we're reflectors. We like to listen and reflect and think and um, and then add something meaningful to that. And giving people that space is it's just something so valuable you can offer. And it's something that extroverts can't do that. You know, they, they conduct themselves in a very different way. So it is a really nice way for us to stand out. So it's, um, yeah, I think we, we really underestimate our superpower. And I think, and as you say, once you have a network, I've got speaking opportunities. I've launched three businesses at zero cost, thanks to my network. I've made amazing uh, partnerships and I've met people who can really support my business, support me personally. Um, there's, it's just given me so much uh, from, my, from my network. It's definitely right. something I can recommend investing time in developing. That's awesome. That's awesome. So 
if I if I could kind of summarize, it's it's really just hey, take take little baby steps each step of the yep. way and figure out figure out what rules are going to make sense for you. So I'm curious, what you, you said you had a, a few other rules. What were those? Because I think for for others out there, that might be helpful to have at least a even if they don't copy the rules, they say, oh, okay, I can see where the mindset was in the creation of those rules. Yeah. So what one of them was to to do something every day that scares you, and okay. I've since learned that this was actually Eleanor Roosevelt's. Uh, quote and she was a classic introvert who hated networking but and, and public speaking but actually in the end became very well known for her public speaking and networking um, so I like to think that this was perhaps the rule that helped her too so when I say do something every day that scares you this wasn't things like um, jumping out of a plane you know? <laughs> it was pick up the phone instead of emailing someone so I could mm. build that that trust, that confidence, that trust in my skills, that trust that, hey, I can speak to people. And even if I feel nervous, it's okay. And the sky doesn't fall down and no one else can see how I feel and invite people. So I tried to start inviting some of the colleagues around the bank that I'd been seeing on a regular basis and smiling at, um, actually invite them for lunch or a coffee and actually get to know them. So I started doing that on a regular basis and it was great. I met, I met some amazing people. In fact, one of the ladies I met then encouraged me to go to Toastmasters with her, which then led me to start public speaking, which led me to learn how to speak up more at meetings, which led me to to uh, have to really get promoted several times over because I was being more visible, more credible, getting better results. And that led me to start a women's network within the net, the, with the bank to help more women speak up, which is kind of part of the root of where I got to today. So those connect, you just never know where each connection is going to take you. And that's really right. exciting. But it's only kind of with hindsight you see that. You know, I've been, <laughs> I've been invited it's to always, be always best to have hindsight. It's the best kind of sight, right? Like it's yeah. even better than 2020. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I've become a TEDx speaker coach for two different events from my network. I was invited to uh, get involved in some really exciting projects through my network. You, know, you never know where it's going to take you. Um, so doing something every day that scares me was part of it. Really creating my own rules, going at whatever felt good to me was good. You know, not feeling under pressure to perform this way or that way and to 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 really follow up and, and do things in the way that suited me and at my okay. pace, it was you know, really taking that. The big thing was to take away the pressure, take away that that feeling that I had to do it this way or I had to perform that way, um, and really to to build those skills step by step was really the kind of basis of all of my my rules. Really, I like it. I like it. Basically, build, building a frame and feeling free to wander around in that frame wherever you want to, but still having the frame to know that you're going the right direction. I love it. Yeah, yeah, cool. exactly. So um, I, I want to talk a little bit more about as well, um, sort of, you know, women in leadership and women in, in uh, the business role. So I know you said, hey, like um, being out there and, and networking and all that has helped you create the opportunity for you to get promoted a bunch more times and then became sort of the root of what you do right now, which is, you know, helping people find their voice and, you know, uh, um, communicate their value. Um, and so I, I know, again, when we were talking beforehand, you said, when you moved to Switzerland, you said it kind of felt like, you know, 1970s. It was still very uh, maybe, you know, not not women friendly and, and especially in, in the business sense. So I'd love to know more, uh, more in terms of like, how do you combat that? Because I feel like 
even here in the States, which most of my listeners are in the States. And, uh, you know, uh, even though we have more acceptance of women, I think, than we've ever had at any period in time, there is still that gap. There's still sometimes, and there, and I think there's a lot of uh, perception issues, particularly on women. And this is my point of view. I and mean, I could be totally wrong on this, but from my point of view, there's a lot of perception women's uh, issues for a lot of women that, you know, it's difficult to bridge that gap or it's difficult to take that step forward or it's difficult to make that happen. So I'd love to know more from you because obviously not only have you taken that step, you've actually successfully done it and executed it, and now you're helping others. So I'd love to know more about that. And um, I want to frame what you're about to say real quick for the guys listening. You might say, oh, well, this is not relevant to me. I want you to listen to what she says and say, hey, you know, if I see a woman trying to do this or can I support a woman doing this, whether it be your wife, a, a friend or whoever, like, for example, one of my very good friends just launched her book. And I'm like, I, I don't even know what's in the book, but like, I know she I know who she is at her core and her being. So I'm going to promote the heck out of it for her because A, she's a good friend. B, I know she's going to deliver good value and I want to help her do better, not just because she's a woman, but also because she's my friend. But so guys, like pay attention too because I think there's a lot that you can learn from this, from your side to, to have better perception um, in, in this space. Yeah, and I, th I think it's quite interesting. I, I do work with men and I've worked alongside a lot of male leaders um, because there weren't enough, <laughs> enough women. But my experience, at least, is that when I started a women's network at the bank where I worked, because private banking was really very uh, male-dominated, um, still is, I think, but you know, it, it's... Definitely it, is. <laughs> things have definitely changed, but they are going very slow. Um, but the men I've come across really want to promote their women more. And when I created this women's network at the bank, so I got promoted and I got to a point where I was reporting directly to the CEO. I didn't have a clue, if I'm honest, about banking. Um, <laughs> and I was a female and I wasn't local. I wasn't Swiss. I didn't speak the local language. So I went to my CEO and I was like, I think I'm quite a good example of the fact that you can build your career when you're clueless <laughs> and a woman. Um, and I thought that would be a really nice message to give to the other women in the bank. And I'd love to start a women's network to kind of give them a space where they can come together, discuss the challenges, support each other and, and see if we can cha start changing the culture. And he was like, I'm in. Um, so the CFO of the organization became my mentor for that project because we wanted it to be, we didn't want it to be seen as like a HR thing or a women's thing, we wanted it to be a credible, this is a, a, a big strategic move for the for the business. So mm. uh, having the CFO and the CEO as, as kind of the backers of my project um, really helped send that message. And he was really, you know, you want to do this step by step, but get the engagement, get the buy-in, don't do a big rah-rah, and, you know, we want to build this from the inside out. We really want to buy, get change the hearts and minds of people, which, and which was, as an introvert was actually he was introverted as well but you know that suited me perfectly having these smaller conversations rather than a big launch um but what I found because I opened it it was a women's network but it was open to men as well I, I thought it was really important to, that they were part of the discussion and the men I spoke to every single time were 100% behind it and really wanted to know for themselves well how do we promote these women we know we've got smart women but we don't know how to promote them and we don't have the confidence that they will speak up and and represent our department if we were to to promote them so we are if if you can help them gain courage we're all for it it was actually a lot of the women <laughs> that were the ones that were like well this is just rubbish we don't want anything to do with it so that was a big shock but anyway um hmm. 
But what I discovered was when I went back to the the men to ask them what they got from the network after it'd been running for sort of eight months or so, it for them it was the first time they'd ever seen women speaking up, ever seen women owning uh, a space and saying, you know, this is what we need and this is what we can do and starting to work together to create something and make a change and we made a huge difference within I ran it for two years before I left because to start my own business um and and so that was a real insight for me that yes companies have to change policies have to change mindsets have to change cultures need to shift but one of the biggest shifts has to be with us the women ourselves we need to take responsibility for our own personal development for speaking up for building our courage for building that network and very often we see we we just assume oh it's not our place we're not allowed to speak up and sometimes for some women their experience is that they have been told one time too many oh you can't do that you're a girl and it's kind of stuck with them but that's not everyone's mm. experience that was definitely never my experience in business I've had some incredible mentors who were always men so I think, but one thing women do need is a lot of encouragement. Yes, you can do this um, because we've been told repeatedly throughout history that we don't have that place. So I think for women, for men, just to confirm, you, you do have this place. I do believe in you. You can speak up and to and to give that safe space to for women to, to try and, and to step up. They will always be rewarded because women will always step up and do a phenomenal job. Um, so, you know, I, I always I always thought it was quite interesting, this pay gap, because women work harder and get paid less known. So why why is anyone ever employing men? It not make sense. <laughs> but I think Good point. <laughs> but I do think it comes down to women not owning their voice and not speaking up enough. And what I when I started learning, I went to Toastmasters built my personal um my my speaking skills that's when I started speaking up more in meetings and the incredible thing was people started listening and responding it's like oh this is right. new <laughs> you know Absolutely. before I thought people were ignoring me because I'm a woman and then I realized no they were ignoring me because I wasn't being clear I wasn't being firm I wasn't being confident in my opinions um and so people could sense a bit of doubt in me and so they didn't have that confidence so as soon as we build that confidence build some of those those skills then it you know it snowballs really really quickly so partly yes men can definitely make it a, a nice safe encouraging environment for women uh but also we need to take a lot more ownership i think ourselves that's awesome uh and real quick in case any any of you listening aren't aware toastmasters is a great organization around the entire world that helps people develop their speaking skills and their leadership skills i know when i first uh started getting invited to speak on stages i went to toastmasters as well and uh, it definitely helped me work on a lot of things that i wasn't aware of because again having that that third party perspective is is very important so i want to talk about something that you said because i think this is this is is unique maybe not totally unique but just an interesting perspective, which is you said, so you, you started building this women's network, you know, in, in, in your organization. And as part of that, you said, we want the men in because we want them to be a, a part of this conversation. Mm. Now, a lot of times I, I see, I would say more often than not, I see people say, no, it's just, you know, this is for women only, you know, for them to feel safer here. I'm curious 
what was the mindset behind it? I know you said, Hey, you kind of wanted them to be aware of this, but um, you know, was there any negative feedback in having the men there from the women specifically? And, or was there, you know, you know, did they feel like it was, you know, less safe or less encouraging environment because they were there? Um, and how did you frame it so that the men felt like, Hey, this is, a, you know, they're not coming in just like saying like, I'm in charge of this meeting now. <laughs> yeah. So gosh, I don't know. I don't think though, I don't recall anyone ever questioning it, but I, mm, okay. when I was saying what I wanted to create, it was like, what well, this is a women's network from the perspective of uh, an, an, a way to bring women together and help them have a network because every department had like 60 men and two women. So you know, we were all fragmented across the organization. There were no natural networks. So to right. help them have more networks across the bank, which would help with uh, efficiencies and and you know it and it worked brilliantly from that perspective, but I didn't believe we could create an inclusive community and and and, and workplace by being exclusive. I thought, well, mm -hmm. that that kind of goes against the whole idea. So I, I said, you know, it has to be open to men. Uh, we had about, I'd say, about fifteen percent men came, and to be honest, some of them. About half of them were there because they genuinely wanted to understand how they could better support the women in their 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 teams. The other half were there because they knew that the CFO and CEO were my uh, were, were behind <laughs> it and they would look good. <laughs> you know, I was like, show, okay, show face as we call it. Yeah, yeah, I'll take it. Um, but actually, it was really interesting to get their feedback on how it felt for them as men to be part of it. And I think the women understood that the men were still the leaders you know we had one female director and she was the the head of hr um which unfortunately doesn't really carry much weight um it within the organization so if if we wanted things to change we had to have the decision makers there and they were still men so we needed them to be there to make change happen uh we couldn't really get far without them so that was one way of looking at it and the women totally understood that but also we wanted to involve them in the conversation because if we were having a discussion about, well, how do we make sure we, we can leave the office at five on the dot so we can pick up our kids without feel, feeling guilty um, because a lot of the men didn't have that responsibility and they were working and they would you'd, you'd feel bad walking out. Then we could right. involve the guys in that situation and say, hey, look, what would you suggest? You know, this is how we feel. This is the kind of situation. A lot of them, they weren't even aware of it. You know, well, we never thought about it that way. And mm. actually, there's probably a lot of men in the in the department that would also like to be able to leave at five. So, well, let's make let's make it more of a public declaration. No one is expected to stay after five. If you do, that's your own choice. It's not going to help you get more bonus. Um, and in, and so then it was became part of the policy that. You know, the end of the working day was five. That's important because everyone needs rest. They need time with their family. We respect that. Um, and then a lot of people were even told, you know, leave your, your work phone uh, here when you go on holiday. We do, we will not contact you because you need time. <laughs> off. So it really worked for everybody in the bank. And it really sparked these conversations about what had become the norm but, but just through assumption, you know, no one had ever right. said, oh, it has to be this way. It's just everyone had kind of looked one way and the other, oh, everyone else is doing this, so I should do the same. Um, and, and we were able to start challenging some of those assumptions and make just a, a better working environment for everybody. 
and yeah the whole bank it was it was just really creating a beautiful shift for everybody and everyone became more productive happier um yeah it was just all upside really that's awesome that's awesome and and i think you know it, it's it's funny i i've i've supported a couple of uh you know i'll say female only groups and i've been a part of a couple of male only groups and there's always you know, there, there's a benefit to that for sure, but there, there's always, it's always felt to me like there's a little bit lacking, like there's a piece missing and whatever you do there. And, and so it, it's interesting, interesting to hear that perspective of that. So yeah. from, from there, so obviously, you know, you, you did a lot of work with this, you helped it. Eventually you ended up, I believe you said you, you had kids and it became more important for you to, to take care of family. So you started your business. Um, and, and so now you sort of, you help women basically create their voice. Do you attribute a lot of what you do now to essentially helping them find their voice in that company? And that's sort of where it spawned from. And, and that's where the idea came from, or was it something else? Yeah, I think so. Um, partly that experience, when I started my own business, I wanted to continue with what I'd started at the bank with that women's network. Uh, but this is where I got in my own way. I was like, well, who am I to do that? <laughs> you know? And and at the time I was 32 and I'd have always been told well, you know, you're only 32. So I was like, well, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not credible. I'm too young. And looking back, it's like, of course I was credible. <laughs> you know? what, right. what, what a crazy thing to think. But, you know, it was fine. You know, I had a, a five-month-old baby, no support network. And so I was exhausted. So it was fine to start where I felt comfortable. And that's good. Um, so I started as a communication consultant. And I started working with um, lots of them. I was, it felt a bit surreal because I was writing uh, speeches and, and briefings and articles that got published in some of the most renowned uh, papers and magazines around the world on behalf of some of the most powerful men in the world uh, while bouncing a <laughs> baby under my desk. <laughs> it's like, if they knew. If only, if only people knew, right? Like, yeah. if only they knew. Exactly. It's just kind of like, right, if I ran the world, what would I want to <laughs> <laughs> what would I want to hear this person say? Um, and they always loved it, so that was great. But it was great. So it was great. Um, but I did start to burn out because I I didn't create my business. I didn't have the boundaries. That's another area where I think we get in our own way is that we feel we have to give too much of ourselves. And and um, I've since learned from a good friend of mine who's a behavioral psychologist that when we create boundaries and we look after ourselves and our priorities first it's not being selfish it's being self-full and I think that was the biggest lesson I learned from that first business is stay true to your vision and values have courage to to build a business around that and what's meaningful for you and protect your your time and energy so that you have that space to be creative and give the best of yourself to to everybody your your clients your family and yourself that was really really key so I started to burn out and started to think about, well, what else could I do if I wasn't doing this consultancy? What what would I do? And that's when women started to come forward and say, well, can you help me with my business? And I was like, no, <laughs> I can't do that. The best introvert answer, no, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> and then one lady, she was like, she got really quite forceful and she was but you're the only one that could help me. And it's like, okay, well, let, and I had a coffee just as it's like, well, what are her challenges? And I realized that she she didn't know how to set clear goals and plans that she believed in. She didn't know how to communicate her value. She didn't know where to start with marketing and to do that in a way that felt meaningful. And she just 
dreaded sales. I mean, that was a whole like a swear word in her, her vocabulary. And she didn't know how to prioritize and, and kind of get things done and, and ring fence her time. And I thought, these are three areas that I, I really am the expert in. I, I definitely can help with this. So that's when I thought, okay, well, let me take a step back, sort of break down all my experience, pull it back together and see if I can put something together that was going to really have an impact and get results. So, so I did that. And then I went to my network <laughs> and <laughs> said, Hey, this is what I'm doing now. And got four clients instantly. It's like, okay, that's a sign that I'm on the right path. And uh, that's what I've been doing for the last sort of six years. And it's just been a very different experience to my first business. I think I needed that first business to be able to do this one to kind of introduce me to what I really needed to know and how I could really help people and believe, start to believe in my skills and abilities. Um, so I don't think I'd be where I was, I am now without that experience. But I think having it, this particular, what I do now is, has brought all of my experiences from my career, from the women's network, from finding my voice, from becoming a speaker, from doing the consultancy and bringing all of that together to help others just feels amazing. That's awesome. Um, okay, so I want to ask you about this. You said, and, and this is, I think this is the crux of where I think a lot of people get stuck. So you said, okay, well, no, I can't do that, right? So she asked you, can you help me with my business? She's like, nope, nope, I can't do that. But then at some point you started going through all of your experiences. You said you pull all those together and you said, okay, this is, this is what I could do. What was that conversation like with yourself? You know, because I, I would imagine that there was like some, still some mental pushback of no, you know, you can't do this. You're not ready. You're, you don't, you know, this, you don't have enough experience or something of that nature. Or was it the opposite? Was it like, oh, now that I see all of this, like, like, did you write it out? Were you like, I, I, what was your process for pulling all this together and then making that decision to move forward with this as your new idea? I think the answer to this comes back to something we talked about right at the very beginning that you can't see your value on your own. And so, by this point, I discovered business coaches, um, which mm. in my first business, I didn't know business coaches existed. And I think if I'm honest, even if I did, I probably wouldn't have thought that I was ready for one or deserved one or whatever. Um, right. But, you know, in towards the end of my consultancy, I started to discover what business coaches did. And so when I started to pivot, I thought maybe I could do this. That was my first move, get a business coach. And they okay. had, they were able to help me with that process. And so by working with a business coach, instead of spending a year or more, probably uh, figuring everything out and bring it together, they were able to, to help me do that in three months uh, to really build out a solid. Accelerated program. your time frame. Yeah, exactly. And getting that, that confirmation, that challenge at every time, like really, well, yeah, I think you could probably do go deeper here. You could do more with that. That comes afterwards, you know, you linking things together so it felt logical um to to me and to my clients and then just say right go on then you're ready <laughs> um to get out there <laughs> exactly you know you kind of need that a little bit so uh so that was the secret there was to get a business coach and I have I've never been without a coach ever since and I think it's really uh so so important um even if you can't afford a, a business coach find some kind of membership or uh through your network find a, a, some kind of mentor somebody who can is there alongside you along the way because i really feel you need that perfect so let me ask you this you know when you when you were like okay i need i'm gonna need a coach how do you know what coach to, to pick like what 
were you like, hey, I'm, I'm looking for someone that's going to help me do this specific thing or like a general thing? And I'm, I'm asking more because, you know, I think for a lot of folks, they, they might go, oh, well, do I need a specific coach and a specific thing? Or is it more broad, especially if they're just getting started or their, their ideas blooming or, or if they're not being able to find their, you know, their creative voice and say, oh, I'm, I'm worthy of being able to do this? Yeah, I think um, I only actually spoke to one coach, which I would recommend people speak to two or three at least to to really get a feel for what different because every business coach is different. They all have different experiences, different values, a different outlook. But actually, the one I found was perfect. Um, but and I found her at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> because, <laughs> you, know, you know when you have an idea and you just like right, that's it. And I just couldn't sleep. I thought, right, that's it. I'm going to get up. And I was like searching on the on the internet for for business coaches. But it was very clear. I wanted someone who uh, believed in my mission to only work with, well, to work predominantly with women. That's where I wanted to start. Um, and I wanted to someone that could help me turn my knowledge into a signature system. So I knew my first step in my business was to do that, to then to run it as a one-to-one -one program so that I could then kind of see how people interacted with my materials, with my method, with my structure, refine right. that, and then get, move it into like a, gr a group and a membership and so on after that. But just to start with one thing. Um, right. And searching on the internet, this, this one particular coach was the only person that really stood out as ticking all of those boxes. So I booked a call with her. We really hit it off. Um, and we started... Uh, two days later so it was it actually became very quick but she she was actually the perfect coach for me at that time but I think I, it was that clarity of knowing your vision your values and your first step exactly and I think I think that's huge you know don't I I, I see a lot of people being like well I'm gonna hire a coach I'm like okay what are they gonna coach you on and they're like success and I'm like well let's, let's get a little let's get a little more defined there because there's a, there's a lot of facets to that so that's perfect yeah awesome um, so this has been, this has been a great conversation and I, and I particularly enjoy, um, you know, what you're doing and helping in the female niche specifically. Um, it's been fascinating. Uh, a lot of the conferences I've gone to and things of like that, um, have started to feature women. And I, and it's interesting. I remember one of the first times I went to a, a female, I, was, I forget the name of it. It was a panel of females that all very successful entrepreneurs. I remember sitting there and they were chatting about something. Um, and I don't, I, to, again, I don't remember the exact details of what they were chatting about, but I remember how I felt in that moment. This is, this is years ago, probably, I don't know, eight, nine years ago. But I remember feeling like, wow, that's a freaking great idea. Like, I can't, how did I never like think about that? And I remember it just sort of, not that I ever had this negative association of like women can't do this or that or whatever, but um, it was just so, so different and crazy and a different perspective. And it just, it, it was very refreshing. So it's always stood out as a, as a moment to me of like, hey, this is, this is what's happening. So I, I appreciate um, you know, you, you helping that, that female voice get out there. Cause I think it's, it's, it's lacking right now and it needs to, needs to be louder and, and more, and uh, more well heard. Yeah. And I think something I learned recently on that, and it really struck home to me and, and it really connected back to the work that I did in the, well, in the, the women's network originally and everything ever since was that you have the hero's journey. So everyone knows the hero's journey. There's, there's the guy and he has a mission, but he's, he's not equipped for it yet. So he gets, kicked out his village or goes on some kind of odyssey he meets the guide who gives him the skills or knowledge that he needs and then he goes back and saves his village but there's also the heroine's journey and you see this in in like frozen and moana and all these like wonderful uh films with with a female lead that 
the heroine leaves the village, but she doesn't leave the village to find a guide who's going to give her skills. She finds a guide who helps her believe in herself. Like, right. like with uh, Frozen, you know, she she already had everything within her. She just didn't realize that. And and that's and then she comes back and and with that new inner strength, um, manages to save the the village or whatever. And I think that's where having these female networks, having female panels is really powerful because women learn a lot from each other and help each other see that light within themselves. And and that's that's the key there, I think. So yeah, maybe that's another message for the guys out there that want to empower <laughs> the women is just helping them see that that what they already have within them because they don't need more skills. They just need more self-belief. That's perfect. I love it. Um, awesome. So where can people uh, check you out, find you, see your stuff, potentially uh, have you coach them if they want? Where do they go? So, to uh, for a long time, I was trying to think, well, what would I call my business? And then I remember <laughs> being at a dinner party and so where would I find you? And I said, oh, just put Melita Campbell into anything and you'll find me. And it's like, Oh, <laughs> so but Melita Campbell, that's Melita with two T's into Google or any uh, social media platform and you'll find me. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you for being on. Truly appreciate having you here. And for everyone else listening, as always, always appreciate your time. I understand that you have a lot of podcasts you can listen to. So it's awesome that you've chosen to listen to this one. Um, as always, uh, payment for this great interview is simply sharing it. Find someone else out there. You know, another female entrepreneur that needs to find her voice, share this so that she can start to do that because I think that's going to really create a better world. And look, you never know who sharing one little thing might uh, impact someone else out there. So uh, as always as well, please make sure you rate, review, subscribe, click the buttons, notifications on all the places, whether you're watching this on video, Spotify, Apple, uh, Stitcher. I don't know. There's like 9 million other places where this thing goes out to. So wherever you are, I appreciate you being on. Um, just let everyone else know that this is here for them to uh, enjoy and to take away knowledge from too. And we'll see you guys on another episode next week. Thanks so much. Bye. This podcast is sponsored by 3 Degrees Consulting. If you need funnels, websites, paid ads management, or help with any of your digital marketing, 3 Degrees Consulting is your go-to source for everything. Check them out at www.go3dc.com. That's G-O, the number 3, D is in degrees, C is in consulting.com. Go check them out right now.